Saturday night seemed like it would be normal. The weather was 70 degrees and the night clouds were playing with the moon, allowing it to shine over the city. In her bedroom, Emma looked like she was sitting in one of those cool, expensive gaming chairs. Except Emma was in the air. Her blonde hair was floating freely. Her oversized sleep shirt was drifting up. She moved towards her guns, slow as a snail, and floated towards the nightstand. The anti-gravity ray was set to a negative 15. So not only was she floating above the bed, she was also being made to move slower. The gelatinous red and orange being hovering in the doorway wouldn't be able to hold her for long. She was already using her telepathy to bend her tentacles back. Emma looked, but wasn't sure if it was a mouth or a nose she didn't have her contacts in, but the slime began to spray. Okay, space lady, start the show. Greetings to all sentient life forms in the universe. Welcome to Poetic Earthlings, a show that will provoke, inspire, and alter your perception. Here's your host from a remote location south of the 49th parallel, York Campbell. Rage and mucus leaked from the creature's pores. Finally, the anti-gravity beam turned off, sending Emma crashing to the floor, knocking over the nightstand and throwing her guns out of reach. The jelly blob-like creature rolled into her room and began to search. Emma scurried away. With two fast clicks, her wrist guns were armed and ready. They were a little bit like Spider-Man's web shooters, but instead of pressing a button to shoot, Emma controlled them with her mind. The creature was only a tentacle away. She popped off two shots. Ice particles splashed back as two of the being's tentacles froze mere inches from her feet. The guns were set to freeze since she didn't want to hurt the big old endangered species from the planet Xenon but he was seriously disturbing her beauty sleep. She hopped on her bed, attempting to pass the creature and exit the room. There was a Sherabomb catcher in her living room, but first she'll have to get past him. She jumped, <laughs> halted in midair as a tentacle wrapped around her waist. Emma pushed and pulled against it, if you weren't in danger, I'd... She tried to wriggle from his grip. Luckily, the creature's mucus made the grip loose as she slipped out, taking some slime with her. She ran from the door, with the animal's slime stuck in her hair. She took a moment to fix her hair, not that anyone would be looking at her like this, obviously not. Only single women are accepted into the Corps, especially in the search and rescue division. She slammed the door behind her. Within seconds, it was being burst down. 
Emma took a quick right into the living room, where her she Ruban catcher was. Her co-worker told her, Emma, take it easy, and don't take your work home with you. But after such a long day studying this particular Shirobon, she preferred to bring it home and get some rest before taking the creature to the holding facility. Who would have guessed that the creature would slip out of the containment cell? Instead of escaping Emma's apartment to return to the swamp, it thought it would play battle games with her. No wonder why they're going extinct. Emma waited for the slimy brawler. She stood poised, ready to strike. The Shiroban, catcher, in her hands looked like an old-fashioned vacuum cleaner, but the suction could take a chunk out of a planet. She set the dial to Eridion, Shiroban. This is the creature's scientific name. All she had to do is hit the red button. The red button. The red button. And the species would be captured. But it wasn't going to be that easy. The environmental group she works for would be pleased to have another Shirobon because they were hoping to group them together and start a few families before returning them to their home planet. Emma really loved saving endangered creatures, and her group didn't care how deadly they were. Their motto is, Every creature on God's green multiverse deserves to live and prosper. However, she was still pretty pissed off about this Shirobon. When this is over, she couldn't wait to tell the story. They'll give her a hard time for taking it home with her, but they'll also revel in her triumph over the beast. Keep in mind that this story could only be told if she makes it out alive. The sound of him walking through the hallway suddenly stopped. Emma was concerned. Sherabombs, they never give up. Did he drop dead? Oh man, I'll be fired! Emma took a single step towards the doorway, stopped short when she heard a sound she never wanted to hear. Emma had made a terrible mistake. The Shirobon is a female, and it had just multiplied. Frantically, Emma moved to change the settings on her catcher. A female Shirobon was much stronger than a male and could reproduce asexually which meant at any time there could be a little army of Shirobombs with their mother. Her pulse raced as she watched a dial on the catcher rise from 10%. She heard the rumble of blobs rolling towards her, knocking pictures off her walls, bumping vases off the hall stand. Sweat poured. 20%. The gargle of a baby Shirobomb was unmistakable and some of them were growling with hunger. Why didn't I turn this thing in before coming home? Her eyes darted for the cashier to the doorway. Her teeth were grit in anxiety. 60. Percent. 70. 80. Emma saw a tiny tentacle wiggling in the doorway, then another. The shared number of them was probably slowing them down 
as they jammed the narrow hallway. 90%. But it was too late. The horde of blobs burst into the room. The little one suctioned up her walls and rolled along the floor as their mother howled as mucus made its way towards Eva. She began to shoot ice at the little ones, freezing their bodies in their tracks. The ice wouldn't hurt them, but it would give Emma the time she needed to activate the catcher. When Mama Sherabom saw this, she flew into rage. Emma slammed the activation button, smelt the stench of the mother's breath as they were almost face to face. She heard the sound of the catcher as the blinding light washed over the room. Emma woke up in cold sweat. Her husband rubbed her back. Nightmare? No, I figured out what my main character is going to do to catch the creatures. Emma threw the covers off, slid into her office, and turned on the laptop. Her day-old coffee was still there. She chugged it down and typed in her password. On the screen was her manuscript, begging for attention. She cracked her knuckles and placed her fingers on the keys. Let's do this, you endangered bastard. Endangered Bastards, written by Tiffany C. Lewis, produced by yours truly, York Campbell. Special thanks to Okan Yukimi Cornelius Dominique. Okan Yukimi has been on the show before. By the way, he has a brand new podcast. Check him out on my website or in the show notes. There's a link to his show. Also, I'm very grateful for my supporters on the Buy Me A Coffee website. That's Buy Me A Coffee slash Poetic Earthlings. Thank you to Gord Lanyon, my fellow geeky Canadian, that is, Gord Lanyon. Also, thank you once again to Tiffany C. Lewis, Dark Samaritan, and Don Newton. Mwah. If you want to be a contributor to the show, head on over to buy me a coffee slash poetic earthlings. You could give three, five dollars or whatever you can afford. Also, I created a brand new membership page. And the good news about this membership page, let, let me tell you what you get. If you are a contributing member to the show, you'll get a brand new podcast exclusively for members. What are you doing? You're going to hear a little bit more about this on on the next show. That's a brand new podcast 
called The Mothership. It goes behind the scenes of how I come up with original ideas for the show. So that's what you get for being a member of the Poetic Earthlings family. Also, speaking about Don Newton, this is a peek of our next episode. The field was dark, the rays of the new sun peeking over the horizon, not yet illuminating the battlefield. Troops lay around the fortress, waiting for orders, content in the knowledge that they could be victorious or defeated. Battle was like that, a coin flip sometimes. Sometimes you choose heads, but tails resulted. You couldn't second-guess it. You had to accept it as a version of fate. Maybe not the one you preferred, just the one you got. Otherwise, it could drive you mad. The commander stood at the table. The maps showed the plan. It was perfect. The result of many hours and long nights assessing the strengths and weaknesses of the enemy. His strategy was sound. He knew it had worked in the past, and he never doubted it. But there was a nagging feeling creeping around inside his head. He wasn't sure about the reason for the battle. He knew from experience that the fortress had to be protected. Too many times interlopers had breached the gates, wreaking havoc inside the orderly walls. And now this army, this band of fanatical fools, were bent on destroying the last vestige of invulnerability that remained. He would not stand for it. That's it for now. Remember to stay tuned to the penultimate episode. I've always wanted to say that. That's the, you know, the episode before the finale. The penultimate episode. That's coming up next on the Poetic Earthlings podcast. Yeah, hell. Special thanks to my big brother, Elvis. Remember, be kind to each other. Be a good earthling. And I'll talk to you soon.